Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. And the first thing I'd like to do this morning is just review a bit uh, from, the, from two Sundays ago when we started this. And then move, we'll eventually here move into looking into faith. We're just not going to get there today. But we'll look at some of it possibly today. Proverbs 18.21 is kind of our golden text for this uh, series that we're doing. It says this in the New King James. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And then we looked at a few other translations. The Passion Translation says, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life, and the talkative person will reap the consequences. How many know consequences is not a bad word? It just is a result word. Okay? Sometimes, you know, because how many had that parent? I did. My parents. Where's my mom? Anyway, anyway <laughs> she, there she is. <laughs> She's around here somewhere. But my dad would say it to me too. You, the consequences of that are not going to be good. You know? And so we associate consequence with negative, but life or death have a consequence. And the words that you speak have a consequence. People say, well, I just don't believe in that. It's working for you right now. <laughs> in, the, in the Good News translation, it says this, what you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. Proverbs 18.21 in the message says this, it says... Um, Words kill, words give life. They either poison or they're either poison or fruit. You choose. Somebody say, I choose. I choose. All right? So we saw this from this verse. We saw that the tongue carries the strength of ruling power in our lives. Our words direct our lives. If we believe this verse, the next question then becomes, how will this change my speech? How will this change my speech? Now, this is just one verse, and we're going to hit faith and then go back to words again or the power of the tongue or the mouth um, later. But I'm going to give you not just one verse. I'm going to give you ten verses that talk about this very principle. And then we're going to look at several different uh, illustrations of this in operation in the Scripture as we continue in the series. We saw this. We saw that uh, there are only two spiritual sources to speak from, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. As we understand the source of words, we will learn to govern our whole conversation by the kingdom of God. We saw this as a commentary on this particular verse in Proverbs 18. Of all the powers that man possesses, there is scarcely any more impressive than the power of speech. It is a godlike power. Human speech is no mere evolution from the cry or the voice of animals. Speech became possible on the earth only when the earth only when on the earth there appeared one into whom the divine spirit had breathed the breath of life and made him a living soul. It is because the origin of speech is divine that words have such supernatural power. Consider what a word is. From the natural standpoint or the materialist point of view, it is but a slight agitation in the particles of the air around us. Nothing feebler, nothing more fleeting can be conceived. Yet that word can make or mar a human life. That word can fill a home with gladness or despair. How many have noticed that? When the tongue is consecrated... When it is guided and controlled by a heart full of the Holy Ghost, it becomes a mighty power to destroy the works of the devil. 
Now, this applies throughout our entire life. Don't try, you know, sometimes I've done this in my own mind. Don't try to make a, don't try to squeeze some verses into kind of one area of your life, you know. How many realize this, that Christianity is not Sundays and Wednesdays? People are like, well, I go to church. My name's on the roll. I'm going to heaven. Nope. There's only one way to go to heaven. And you heard the plea today through two different people. You have to receive Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you don't know that for sure, you better get it right today because I'll give you an opportunity. People say, oh, no, I got time. Tomorrow's promise to no man. You better get it right today. I'll just put it to you like this, and it must be needed for somebody here or online. I, uh, uh, where's John Havener? John, there you are right there. John's son, actually, this was years ago. We, were, uh, uh, me, we all met at the Golden Corral because we were real high class <laughs> for a meal. <laughs> Thankfully, COVID shut that place down. We okay. <laughs> That's the one good thing that came out of COVID. No, <laughs> no, we just got together where we could have a bunch of people, you know. And uh, and I, I, man, I just I went in there, and I'm always looking for somebody to minister to, you know, even if it's even if it's uh, family or whatever, you know, you never know. And I don't, I didn't know Tony real well, but we knew about each other, and he knew about me that I'd been to Bible college, different things like that. And he sat, the Lord just put us next to each other. And he just starts talking to me, and I'm like, oh, it is on. Because he's digging. I can tell. He's hungry. This is it. And, uh, and uh, so he's talking to me and stuff, and I said, yeah. I mean, and I started sharing with him about what God was doing in my life and about salvation. He knew about salvation. He more or less just wanted to rededicate his life to the Lord. And so I said, well, let's do it right now. And so we went outside, he smoked a cigarette, and, and rededicated his life to the Lord. How many know Jesus can get past a cigarette? Ugh. I'm not recommending smoking, I'm just telling you, he can get past it, okay? <laughs> and he gave his heart to the Lord. And it was what, six months later? Six months later, he passed. That's called cutting it close. Now we're in. Thank God. I got another good friend of mine, uh, Mike and Barbie Wimple. His dad was in Iwo Jima three days before he passed. He gave his heart to the Lord. He was the only guy in his platoon that survived Iwo Jima. My God is good. Now, I'm not saying the other guys weren't saved. I don't know. But I'm saying God preserved. I mean, it's just, it's powerful. God sets up divine appointments. So let's just do this this morning. Let's just define what faith is. We'll do this only. What is faith? And I'm going to go back and, and uh, review this uh, probably later. But I just want to give you this foundation so that we can pick up next week there when we 
if we have more time, depending on what the Spirit of God wants to do. We'll get through this one way or another. I've got plenty of time, so <laughs> this is my station, so <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Faith, by definition, is a persuasion. Faith is a firm persuasion. Faith is an assurance. I like this. This is one of my favorites. You could just write these down next to it. You can pick which one you like, whichever one speaks to you best. Faith is a conviction based upon hearing. Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God, right? Faith is an assurance. We looked at that. Faith is a conviction of the truth. What is the truth? Faith is a... I, I like one of my... I'm going to give you another definition here later. But one of my favorite definitions of faith is knowing. Well, how do you know to... How did you know to start a church? I just knew inside. Faith is of the heart. I'll put it to you like this. Faith is of the Spirit. Now, now hear me. Faith is not mental. Do you know you can actually have knowledge, which is, which is how you operate faith from the heart, but you can have just head knowledge and never let it operate from your heart. Faith is a conviction, a knowing. It's an assurance inside. Faith is, carries with it the idea of trust or confidence in God or Christ. It's the idea of you're trusting in someone. Faith, I like this, is a firm persuasion, a conviction based upon hearing. You may say, well, yeah, you already said that. I know, but we need to say it again. Because people think they have faith and they don't. Now, I will say this. Nope, nope. I'm going to re-say that. Back it up. People have faith. They don't understand it. And that's why you have to go over it and over and over. And people say this, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian. How do you know? I was born in America. It says right here on the money, in God we trust. <laughs> Quoting the dollar bill <laughs> is not what gives you faith. And just because you're American doesn't mean you're a Christian. Christians are born again. They have the Spirit of God in them. I didn't think it would be such a big deal, but it still is till today. You know, years ago, I heard a, some of our teachers in Bible college talk about how they give altar calls. And part of their altar call was, you can be a member of a church, but that doesn't make you saved. And I'm thinking, who believes that? A lot of people. Because really, one of the greatest deceptions in the earth is religion. 
It's one of the enemy's biggest tools. Because it has the appearance of religiosity. But it doesn't have the transformation of resurrection. When you've been transformed, a new life comes in. You despise, you reject, you want nothing to do with who you were. Even when you make mistakes, you still hate that thing that was because that was of the father, the devil, not your father, God. When I got saved, I didn't go, huh, let's see how many ways I can live the way I was. Now, it took me a while to get out of it. And I'm still getting out of it because this world has a way of putting pressure. And your flesh is just as dumb as mine. I didn't want to be the only one in that conversation, so I included you. (laughs) It still has ridiculous desires and, and lusts in it. But as we grow in the Lord and we understand who we are in Christ and our persuasion, our conviction, our knowing of who we are in Him increases, then really it's not a measure of the amount of faith. It's it's understanding and cooperating with the potency of faith. Because if you have faith as a... You shall say to this... Now, this would be a good place to end. That tells me that it's not about quantity. It's about quality. If the faith that is within you is understood, and there is faith in you right now, if it is understood properly, It can be mustard seed size and remove mountain size obstacles. Glory to God. We're in a good position. (laughs) Some people's faces don't believe it. (laughs) We're in a good position. Say it with me. I'm in a good position. Now watch this. If faith... Let's just look at it, and we'll end here. Romans 10. This is, none of this is in my notes, but I'll tell you this. It is in my heart. Romans chapter 10. I love the subject of faith. Anybody guess where we're going? <laughs> verse 17. Okay, verse 17. Romans 10, 17. So then faith what? comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So the Amplified says, So then faith comes by hearing what is told, and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah Himself. So watch now. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? Hearing the Word. Which means what? The faith that you're receiving is coming from So watch, you don't have to make up your own faith. You just have to accept the seed. Amen? You just have to accept. Come on, it takes the pressure off. I don't got to figure it out. I just got to cooperate with the source. 
So say this with me. Say, I have faith because I've received the word. Now watch. Say this with me. I have God's faith. Because you got it from where? God's You were open to hear the word, and when you were open, your heart was like tilled ground. And God took the seed and went, thunk. And inside that seed is the body of whatever was planted. Peace of mind, healing in your body, soundness of thought, strength for your life. Emotional stability. Come on. Healthy relationships. What's in this word? Everything you need is provided in the seed. (laughs) Right? Everything you need is provided in the seed of the word of God that is in my heart. So then all I need to learn to do is cooperate With his power and his ability. And that seed. How many have seen a tree struggle to grow? You like go outside and you you planted a new tree in in the back. And it was a little guy at first. And you water him. You give him fertilizer and all of that. And you walk outside one day and you hear. And a leaf comes out. But some Christians are trying to grow that way. (laughs) Knowing the right environment, the seed just grows. That'll take the weight right off, won't it? And that applies, I mean, many times this is what it is. If something's not growing right in the natural, we just need to change some things in the environment. We don't dig up the seed and go, what's wrong with you? (laughs) But we do that to God. We do that to God, don't we? Got to be careful about that. If the devil can get you blaming God... Your help is out the door. Not because God abandons you, because you start chasing down a path that isn't the Lord's not involved in at all. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.